Welcome to our last football podcast. This is the last one of the 2021-22 season. This is episode 40. And I want to introduce you to my panel. We're going to review the ethnic gear matches against Cyprus and Kosovo that earned us promotion to League B of the Nations League. First up, I want to introduce Christian, Olympiakos supporter based in Melbourne. He finally long-awaited debut on the podcast. Christian, how are you doing? It's very good to be here. Thank you, Michael. It's nice to finally put, as I said to you before, some faces to the names for the first time. Yeah. And, a good, and a good time to be on as well. That's it. That's it. And you are a avid ethnic gear fan and you always love talking about it. And we always love to hear your thoughts too. And you are here now to say your thoughts and we're going to... Everyone here, the audience, including us here, Nico and Napo, we're going to hear your thoughts too. You've got a lot to say. Yeah, 100%. As I said, the timing was impeccable. So I can't wait to get into it. That's good, man. And speaking of Apple, 3 a.m. in Chicago, how you doing? Good. How's it going, guys? That's good, man. And you've got some thoughts too on other things. We're yeah, going to get into it as well. Yeah, yeah, for all these men. Yeah. And finally, Nico. How you doing? There's only one way to start this, Michael. Ela sole, ole. That's it. Ela sole, ole. That's it. That's it. I'm good. I'm, I'm on top of the world, in fact, after uh, the last couple of games. When was the last time we had a winning streak like that? If we we go, got to be jumping for joy for that. Doesn't matter who the opposition is. We're, we're all, all very happy four, here. Four from four. In the so-called nightmare month for Greek football with full clean sheets. Who would have thought? Nobody thought of it. <laughs> Everyone expected the worst, I, I believe. But Especially not to win four straight. Like the... Nah, yeah. not no. in quick succession. No. Games coming thick and fast like that. Nah, nobody thought of it. So, boys, before we review the matches, we've got a couple of things to get out of the way. First thing is the promotion relegation playoff match the first leg was played on saturday between veria and lamia the final score there was 2-1 to lamia so they get the first leg win the return leg in lamia the owner i think his name's papayano he's asked for everyone to show up to see lamia stay in the league whilst the coach of veria has said post-match that he feels that his team is punished because his team had the most points in the championship of the Super League 2 and feels that they should have been automatically promoted. So he doesn't agree with the structure there, basically, with that split group. Um, Nico, you have thoughts on this match. Take it away. Yeah. It was, uh, who would have thought Greek football was still going in the middle of summer almost? But yeah, uh, yeah look, advantage Lamia, absolutely. And now they got the second leg at home in front of their fans. And I, I think they'll, they'll do the job at home. You got a sport. You got a score prediction because I think I'm gonna go one nil Lamia. One nil Lamia because I tell you what I think. I think Veria. They're gonna go all out like they did against Levadiakos, and towards the end they're gonna slip, and that's what happened. And Levadiakos when they got promoted, they barely had any shots in that second leg, and they won on the last minute again. Real shame though, because if if that happens and Lamia stay up, we've only got one new, newly promoted side to the division next season. And this comes to the point where the coach Dermitsakis, what he said post match, 
This comes to your point, Nickel. The structure is shit. We don't. Uh, all of us don't agree with it. We. What Greek is this? Football. This Greek football, basically. Yeah. There's nothing else we can add to it. As you say, Mike, you took the words right out of my mouth. Michael, Greek football. Not yeah, sure. That is it. <laughs> what I said last week with Panatolikos. It. <laughs> with regards to all this, it's. It's madness. It's a trelokomio. That's what it is. Secondly. The ethnic under-21s um, unfortunately couldn't qualify or even secure a playoff spot for the Euro 2023 tournament. Um, we lost, what well, we said last week, they lost to Cyprus 3-0. They lost again in the last match, 2-1 against Portugal. Um, again, some, some of the same thoughts that I have too. The lineup was ridiculous. Um, substitutions... Uh, questionable. Um, Kutsias comes on the last five minutes or so and he scores literally right away. It was a beautiful goal. That's something we, we could see in the future with him. Um, but at the end of the day, we lost 2-1. And Simos at the end said that he takes full responsibility. He feels they didn't prepare the team um, enough. I'm going to take this to you, Apostolo. You've got a lot to say about this. I'm because it, this comes at the right timing too, because you're on. So take it away. Yeah, uh, where to start? I mean, it, it was the oddest thing because uh, throughout the whole um, uh, qualifying, they've been winning most of their games. I don't remember them playing three in the back unless I'm missing something until the you know the last three games of the of the qualifying, and and I know two of them were against Portugal, but you could tell the players were completely you know, thrown out of whack because all of a sudden they went to playing three at the back. And I guess teams like Portugal, I mean, they just got destroyed. And and then with Cyprus, that, that's a match. They, they All they had to do was draw even. And they just it looked like they fell asleep. Like they, they were not interested at all. And it was one of the oddest things. And yeah, there were, you could say Chigaras and Alexandropoulos and a lot of players were missing, but I mean, not to play like that. I mean, it was, it was just tough. And, and the, the, the oddest thing was like, like I, like you mentioned, uh, so they, they, they started Kosidis who, who plays for Ike. Kosidis, yes. And, yeah. He, he's a decent striker, but like he, he barely plays even for the B team. Um, like he's super slow. There was one point in the match where he got in midfield and he couldn't even run past the, the, the last center back. And it was just, you, we're, I was just pulling my hair out, like you know, Kuchis that has a speed. There's teams in the Bundesliga that want him, and he they couldn't find a spot on the team for him. It just it was just crazy. I mean, I, I've never seen like a coach make decisions like that. And I don't know. I mean, if he changed the system at the end. He he picked players that were informed that had been playing. I mean, Kuchis has been starting for Pauk's B team, which is one of the few good things about the second division now. Yep, that's um, true. But some young players are playing, and I think it's one of the bigger talents we have, and he wasn't even in the lineup. And it took him, like like you said, five minutes to, to come on and score. And he probably would have made the difference, and it was just like, ew, it, was, uh, it was really frustrating. I don't know what to say other yeah. than that. I mean, he, it's probably going to cost him his job, but it just seemed like he sabotaged the team, like his choices. Just, I don't know, I couldn't believe it. I don't know, I still can't believe it. Do you think Simos will keep his job? Because that's what's being oh. reported by Sport Time that he could lose, he could be fired from the position. What do you think? I'm pretty sure he got fired because it's very similar to what happened to Gumas. 
Dumas oh. was going well up until his last few games. And it was, and that's why I was like, you know, the, um, we almost, I don't want to think that he sabotaged the team, but it just seemed so odd. Like his decisions, it didn't make any sense. I mean, he had, like we, we yeah. talked about, he, he played a, a center back from Levi de Acos, who I think someone mentioned was like 22, barely 22. even qualified to play. And he had his For, foot, this was his first pro season. Yeah, exactly. This was his first was, pro season, yes. He, went, he had never even been a substitute, and all of a sudden he was starting in a crucial game against Cyprus, which is a match where you had to win, even though they didn't play like it. Yeah. And he's the one that caught, made the first mistake for us to be down 1-0. And then in the second half, they woke up a little bit, but it was too late. Cyprus was just all over them. Yeah. They, they, you know, they could tell they got momentum, and it was already too late. So it was just really odd. I don't know what to say. It's a shame because I really do believe we have the talent – we just need the right man to steer them in the right direction. But that's what's so frustrating. Everybody will say, but we don't have the talent. We, we didn't deserve to make it. And for those of us that do watch, it's like, no, we do have the talent. But the decisions are sometimes from Epo and from from uh, up, up, upstairs. It's just, I mean, they make you pull your hair out. I mean, like, it was totally yeah. unnecessary. We could have we won that match, at least the Cyprus match, and gone through. But it is what yeah. it is, I guess. Yeah, it's a shame. So for those that don't know, um, the ethnic under-21s did not qualify or secure a playoff spot for Euro 2023. Um, don't know when the next campaign starts for them. Um, I believe it has something to do with the Olympics and the World Cup. That's what I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that. But we will see as time goes by. So we move on from that travesty. We will move. We will start talking about the senior squad, because that is what cheered us up in this international break. That's what cheered us up in June, and that is what cheers cheered us up so far in 2022. We'll first start off with a three-nil victory against Cyprus. Well, the goal started again. That man Pakasetas, we've heavily criticised. I think he's different gravy from two years ago. He's finally providing something good for the ethnic E. What a strike it is. What a strike. And it's something he has in his locker. And second goal came from Pavlidis with Pakaseta's turning provider. Um, and the third goal... Who did it come from? I forgot now. Limnios. Limnios, that that's it. Pakaseta's assist. Mandalos, actually. Was it Mandalos? Okay. It was Mandalos. Baca, yeah, Baca set us involved in the build-up. But yeah, I think Mandalos got the official credit for it. Yeah, he did. Just, yeah. And it's another fantastic strike. Something we don't often see from our wingers. Um, well, Christian, you got a lot to say. You take it away with this 3-0 victory. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was just all we could have asked for, really, from the get-go. I mean, yeah, really dominant that first half. And it showed with the two goals that we managed to get. As you touched on, the Bacasetas strike was just, well, I think just in that alone just shows how much confidence he's got at the moment, not just from, you know, a pure technique aspect, but the way he's able to lead this team seemingly. You know, they all, whatever he does, the team follows. You know, I think he's a wonderful, you know, influence in a leadership sense. As you say, he turned provider for Pavlidis. You know, simple finish, but you got to, you know, you got to punish the opposition when they make mistakes, which we don't often see probably from the ethnic here, and we did that. Yeah, and yet we couldn't start the second half in any better fashion either. The strike from Limnios was a belter, and it's just so tragic that he's going to miss most of the upcoming domestic season. Yeah. Oh, but 
no, the performance is wonderful. Yeah, they deserve everything they got, 100%. Yeah. Even yeah. though I think it needs to be said as well, we were a wee bit fortunate. We, we there was that two goal lead we had in that first half that wasn't pegged back because Cyprus missed the sitter just before half time. But we we, yeah. we certainly deserve the three points. We can't, you know, shy away from that. Speaking of that chance with Cyprus from Yanis Pitas, uh, a star at Apollo Limassol. Um, if you watch their their counter attack and you watch the defenders' positioning from us, Mavropanos and Tavelas, I question Tavelas's um, defensive movement and his awareness. I'm just thinking, where's this guy going? Is he going to hug Mavropanos or something? Is he watching Yanis Pitas's run? Because he clearly didn't track him. Am I wrong to think that? Because <laughs> we almost conceded some cheap goal again. And we were lucky not to concede there. That's uh, one. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I had absolutely no idea what Savelas was doing. He had to come on. For those that don't know, he had to come on for Hadza Diakos. Like, he apparently got a knock on the head or something. Yeah. yeah. And he played the next ma- next match eventually. But speaking of Bakasetas, as you brought up, Christian, his leadership. I ate my words from the last um, international break. Because from, from that Montenegro game, for what he did, I found that disgusting what he did, what he did to the opposition player. Going up to him and thinking that he's all tough and all. Maybe Poirier's had a conversation with him. Maybe. That's just speculation. I just brought that up. Apo, you've been a big critic of him. What do you think? Is he different? Is he the way to go? Can he bring us... To Euro 2024. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to think of him as like Karagunas or something. But I mean, if, if he keeps scoring like that, and I mean, what can you say? <laughs> I mean, he comes like the, the goal against Cyprus almost is like a Zidane type of goal in, in, in the Champions League final years ago, where it just dropped to him. And you're like, wow, he could do that. I mean, yeah. he hadn't scored for Greece for like years. And then all of a sudden now he's just game after game so i mean even us, streak. Was, yeah and it's one of the few <laughs> things you could give john van chip credit for is he kept sticking with bacasetas and limnios and mavropanos and everybody was yelling for manolas to come back but he kept playing mavropanos and hajidakos and now you see the we're seeing the benefit of it and obviously poyot seems more organized and he seems to be more determined to teach the players how to win a match which was the main key and actually, like, had that on my notes that I think we people forget because everyone I, I read a lot of the comments in, in Greece, especially, and everybody was saying, oh, you know, like, who do we beat anyways? You know, look at these teams, Northern Ireland. <laughs> and, you know, in some ways it's fair. But at the same time, like, if you look at it, we beat Sweden. We drew Spain in Spain. Um, and that was in the last qualifying. So it's, it's not like it's just a one off. I mean, this team showed like. They could play really well, even against good teams if they want to. They just they just need a more organized organization and someone that actually cared to win. Because you remember, you guys remember, Van Chip would say he wouldn't say we're going for the win. He'd say, yeah, we'll do our best. We'll try to play good football, and that's just that just wasn't enough. So you see the big difference now with Poya, and and maybe we do need a Greek type of coach because definitely it seems like your the Uruguayans have some similarities with us because you see him you know flipping out on the sideline and yelling at players and we they have we that grit come. they have that grit and that's what we're missing yeah we we would say that too we'd see Ben ship on the sideline and he'd be like wake up Malak. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like no you guys it, wake up 
Wake up. What are you doing? <laughs> she's, she's just not animated enough. You see Gus Poy on the cameras. He's yelling. He, he, from yeah. Yelling from 30 seconds into the game. That's what I love to see. But this you, might say, like, you might say it might not. it's not important, but for, I think for Greek players it is because... You know, sometimes they just don't care, and you not necessarily they don't care, but yeah, it's just a, a different mentality, and it, you know, works with us differently, apparently. Yeah. So. And this this makes a perfect segue here because we got a question from Evan F at Mister Game of Fame on Twitter. This, this question is for you, Nico, and you're going to answer it. Makes a perfect segue. Do you think this successful Nations League campaign was due to Poyer's tactics? His man management, or is it just the case of a new manager coming in, just like in JVS's first few games? Well, I hope it's the former rather than the latter. Uh, time will tell. I, I'm, I tend to think that it is, though, Boyer uh, yeah, coming in and introducing his tactics, though. I really do. Because mm. all for the reasons, as you said, I think his tactics have been bang on. None of this crap you know, plays out of position. Timikas at centre back, for example. And it's, you know, we said, first, let's win the games. Then once we got into the winning habit, let's add more goals to our games, which we also did. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you something. He's got this persona about him that makes you want to play for him. Yeah, and what I've noticed with Poy is I'll just add in here too. Doesn't matter who he puts in the lineup. They do the job. They do the job. I've been looking at these lineups every time I wake up at crazy hours in the morning, along with Christian and Nico. Everyone else is fine, but when we look at these lineups, most often we go we go crazy. And we go, why is this player there? Why is this player there? Why is this player not playing? No, but with Poye, because we're winning, doesn't matter who's in the lineup. We just want results. As long as you get results, you build the confidence, you build the motivation. And he's made the right substitutions. It's what I like. Yeah, especially we- the Kosovo game we'll get onto. Yeah, and that's what we're going get to in- get onto now. Before we get into it, I was just going to ask you a question, Nico, about Limnios. How much of a loss he is? Massive. Yeah. Massive blow. Look, by the time though, like September, for me, September's a free hit. I'd personally like to see us go a bit more experimental because we don't want to see another Limnios scenario where we, we cop another horror injury like that. So I'd be fine with experimenting, rotating come September. And then what? He should be back for the March international break, I'd imagine, next year. Yep. And that's when we start our Euro 2024 qualifiers. Yeah. Correct. So hopefully yeah. he's back for that. The only thing is, I think you said it as well, like, because uh, he was uh, on fire, you know, in club land, hopefully, you know, it, this doesn't, you know, slow him down for next season moving forward. Yeah. This will probably scupper now his chances of, of getting a, a permanent deal uh, back to, to the Netherlands. Yeah. Anyways, the Cyprus game, 3-0. We won that. Kosovo beat Northern Ireland 3-2. And this set up a Almighty clash in Volos again. Sold out. Sold out. Again. Yep. We came out on top. Fourth game in a row. Four wins. Four clean sheets. Seven goals. Twelve points. We finally, after three attempts, secure promotion to League B of the Nations League with two games to spare. The first country to, to secure promotion. Yes. Yeah, Blajo Limos is the only keeper to have a clean sheet in all of Europe in these National League games. That is right. Firstly, we'll go to Christian again. We'll get your thoughts on this match. Crazy, 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 wasn't it? First half, plenty of chances, but had no goal to show for it. Second half, it all changed. But bear in mind, this whole match, heading into it, 
Kosovo's squad was de depleted. And we were learned last time out, under JVS in the Nations League, Kosovo came with a depleted squad in Athens and only had one sub and we could not beat them. This time, same thing happened again, same scenario, but we did and we were effective. Those are my thoughts. Christian, what do you take from this match? Yeah, it's sort of, whilst we were dominant with the you know chances and possession and whatnot, it did have that sort of frustrating feel about it that without Limnios, we weren't going to you know get those more clearer avenues to goal. And whilst you could say they were trying, just it wasn't working. And you touched on the substitutions and how Poyet has got those right. And I was I was a bit skeptical of him taking off Hatsuyu Ivanis for Mandalos. I'm going to get on to that. In that game. I will get on but to I that. But I had a big fat egg on my face in that second half, man, because Mandalos completely changed the game. And like he was fantastic. And really, without him, we would not have you know, got this win and got yeah. the all-important promotion. So, you know, credit to Poyet for that. But the game in general... You know, Kosovo offered sweet FA going forward and it was frustrating that we couldn't punish them. We had to change something. We did. It worked. You know, credit to them. Yeah. They, they, they found another way to win. And again, you know, the solidity of our back four, game after game in this in this campaign, just keeps on improving. And yeah, it's an, another credit to the boys like Mavropanos, you know, Simikas, you know, Vlachodimos. They've all, you know, had played 90 minutes over the space of what, you know, two weeks. It's, two it's weeks, a fantastic yeah. effort by those guys as well, just quickly. No, we, we had a, like in the first half of that match, so we, we played pretty well. I mean, we the chances were like 11 to two. We had 60% possession. Bacasetas had another cracker. The goalie just happened to like dive and save it. I mean, it, we, we played all right, even with Hadjavani's who didn't play well and Masuras who like pretty much gave up the ball every time he had it. And, and I mean, I wasn't crazy about Mandela's coming on too, but he definitely made a difference. <laughs> I can't even complain about that either. So you were crazy about Siopis, though. He's been oh, yeah. immense this whole campaign. See that that's a see Siopis, I've been yelling to play since since he was playing at Panionios and Skibe wouldn't even call him up. I mean, like some of it's crazy. I mean, the fact that him and Curbelis took so long to get in the team because Jolies had to play and and whoever else was in midfield at the time. I don't even yeah. remember anymore. I mean, he makes a huge, huge difference. He, like, uh, he actually, in both the first two matches, his passing was, you know, 90% successful. And you could say... And he's, not, oh, the, and he's he, not the best passer in the team. No, he's not. But that's... I would argue he should be starting ahead of Zeka at this point because of his passing so oh, much he better. Be. And because he will he, be. He, I hope so. I mean, a lot of people... Think Zeka should get a spot back, but I don't think so. Not the way Siobhan is playing, and people nah, even I mean, forget. Yeah, Zeka's got it up, got a challenge ahead of him, I think, because of how well the our current midfield crop are playing. I'm not saying he doesn't get back in categorically, but it's not going to be easy. No. Even when we drew against Spain about a year ago, a year and a half ago, Siobhan uh, came, came on in the second half, and he was pretty yeah. much like player of the match in that one too. So it's not like it's a one-off, and he's yeah. done it against good teams. So. He's, he's, he's a huge talent. People just never gave him enough credit. And I think it's interesting. His favorite player was Basinas growing up. And you see some similarities, at least, like, yeah. the way he tackles and the way he, like, likes to pass the ball. I mean, obviously, he's not at his level, but he might even be better athletically. So you never know. And the thing with Zeka is, speaking of Zeka and touching on Siopis, I don't think Zeka will get ahead of him. Yeah. The big, the big obstacle for Zeka now is focus on his recovery from his ACL. 
And yeah. given his age, it's going to be more tough. And the competition yeah. is there with Corbellis too now that he's back. Yeah, Corbellis, I think, is really understated for how important he is to that midfield. You know, because yeah. we, in my opinion, he's our really only, you know, real recognised number six. Just that strong, you know, presence, defensive presence in there. It's basically, you know, it's an extra, it's almost an extra centre half, but, you know, as a midfielder, I think he's very, very important. And thankfully we do because of Siopis and Corbellis, but who else is after? I, I, I'm a big, obviously you guys know, I'm a big fan of Alexandropoulos. And I, I was really happy to see him start coming onto the team with, with Poya finally, because Ben Ship would call him up, but he never played a minute, which I never understood, especially when we were already out of the qualifying in our last few matches. I felt like he should have gotten a few minutes, but he's the type of player that could win the ball and make runs. I mean, you saw him come on, he could he could take on defenders and make runs, and that's something we just don't have from other midfielders. He's one of the few people that can dribble past people and, and create space for others, and especially with, with Limnos now, being uh being injured for a while we need people to kind of break break defenses down and you know and and stretch the defense because there's very few players that could do that on our roster i mean that have the 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 speed and can dribble past people i mean unless you uh, jolius is definitely the main person i think of to replace him just because he has the pace and he could he could beat people one-on-one so other than that that is definitely that's why it's going to be a big miss for sure yeah and you brought up Hadziovani's Christian. And I said I was going to get back to that. And the reason is, he got taken off at half time. And this was after the game. Epo released a, a statement that Hadziovani has stomach disorders and he was admitted to hospital. So that had something to do with it. And I don't think this is the first time that this has happened to him. He's been taken off at half time. Then we hear the next day that he has a problem. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, neither. I missed that completely. Yeah. yeah. I read this I was... and I'm, I'm thinking, what? how did this occur? And it's not the first time. It's happened to him at Banathanaikos as well with a stomach disorder along with Gabadis with some with some flu that they had under Boloni. And it's happened again with Adziovanis in the ethnic year. That's, that's the reason he was taken off. Yeah, yeah it's a shame because I think... Sorry, I cut you off there, Apple, but I think he just, you know... Even though it wasn't quite working for a lot of our attackers in that first half, I thought out of human Masuras, he was the more likely to actually get those dangerous crosses in. So that's why I was disappointed that he was taken off at halftime. But of course, with this new information, you obviously understand why. And for who came on for him, well, as I've already touched on, it was a masterstroke. Yeah. It's a It'll shame be- because I thought Hadziovanis was doing well. He wasn't doing fantastic or great. I thought he was doing fine. He was doing a fine job filling in for Limnios. But again, the selfishness, the selfishness, you can clearly see it anytime he tried to get past the defender. But there'll be an opportunity there for him to lay it off. And he didn't do that's it. What, that's what I was going to mention. And me and Nico know this, having watched a lot of his games for Pan Atlantic He's a really frustrating player because he's selfish like that. I mean, he'll... He'll cry if he can't take a penalty sometimes. And you're like, are you serious? You know, it's one of those things where it drives you crazy. But we know under Poet, if he's selfish, he's never going to see the field again. So that that's one good thing. Maybe maybe that'll wake him up a little bit, even yeah. though even Jovanovic couldn't couldn't work it out with him, but which was surprising. So it, he's definitely, if he wants to play under Poet, he's going to have to play with the team. So maybe, maybe he'll still help. You never know. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think... 
yeah. I don't know if he's good for that level, but I guess we'll see soon enough. Yeah, we will. Yeah. It goes back to what Michael said, though, uh, Dolly, that whoever comes in will just do a job because they're huge boots to fill of Limnios, and he came in and he, he did his job, to be fair to him. And he did, and I think the injury of Limnios boosted the confidence of all the team to try and get this win. Well, you saw the way they celebrated that first goal. The way goal, they celebrated. And, all, and Limnios even joined the party, too, at the mm-hmm. end with, with Mandela's... Um, well, let's, firstly, I want to talk about that goal with Yakumakis. How, how about that? And after the game, all the news, all the news reports started started saying it's reminiscent of um, the legendary Maklas goal against Russia that qualified us for 1994 World Cup. Yeah, this was at Owaka when it was open. It was no shelter. It was packed. Packed. Flares ripped off. It is reminiscent of that goal. And Maklas, Maklas came out and said, this is nothing like mine. Of course he would say that. <laughs> but you know what I'll say? I'll say that's Yaku Maklas. That's what I'll say about that goal. It was a brilliant header. Brilliant yeah. cross too. Brilliant cross from Mandalos to find Yaku Makis. Both substitutes Just, combined. Yeah. It was sort of out of nothing as well. Like yeah. Mandalos, you can see it was about the cross, but it didn't, you know scream it's going to be a dangerous one but then Yako Makis just rose and turned it into one and the header was just unbelievable direction, no, direction, direction was perfect timing everything yeah apparently they were even joking uh that, that uh, I guess Yako Makis was joking because they used to be teammates at Ike and he was saying like oh, oh yeah. you couldn't give me those passes in the past and, and now you <laughs> set me up so that was kind of funny but but uh really that was a hell of a goal because that was that was a um I've been reading like that those are mostly where his goals come from, attacking the box. And, and you he's know, a real poacher. Runs. He's a real poacher, and yeah. something Greece is missing. That poacher, exactly. that poacher type player. Yako Makis is that player. Then again, Pavlidis will be that be that one to send out a statement. So it's yeah. those two from from here and there. Yeah. I don't know about you know, I don't know about Koluris and Duvikas or Funtas what they're gonna do. They're gonna have to step it up really quick. Yeah, I'm curious what you guys think about. Uh, I'm, I'm a uh, one of my reasons reasons why I'm real. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about Masuras and Pavlidis, at least to start, is because I think they've had so many chances. If you look under Van Ship, they they started most of the matches, and a lot of times they they couldn't score. They just couldn't. And I, I think Pavlidis is better on the wing, and I think Masuras is better coming off the bench because he could he could run at tired defenses at least. But and Pavlidis, he could he could dribble past people and he could do stuff. And he was actually always a winger until the past year or so. So he's probably more comfortable there. So I, for whatever reason, uh, Poyet always plays him at striker and not on the wing. And even Duvikas goes on the wing, which is one of the few things I, I don't get with Poyet. But but hey, even even Harris used to play on the wing under Ray Hagel. So you never know. I mean, <laughs> we forget that sometimes. So it does I guess depending on the structure, sometimes it's not it's not as big of a deal. Especially if Jimmy Cuss is overlapping and stuff like that. Mm. Nico, I've got a question here for you. And it's got to do with three coaches. One's current and two former. By Mukles. At Mukles Triple One. What has been the difference between the success of Poyer and the failure of JVS and previously Michael Skibby? I think he gets it. The persona. He's got something about him. He's got an aura about him. You just want to play for him. You see him on the sidelines. We said it before. You see him from the first 30 seconds. He's out shouting instructions. 
And as I said, not only does he get it, he's like a Greek. He's had experience coaching in Greece in the past, and you 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 would run through brick walls for the guy. Yeah, exactly, Christian. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, Nicole. Just with his sort of animated nature, quiet that is. We didn't really get that from you know Javier. So it's good that you know Poyet has got that you know bit of passion in him, and that you know visibly you know he cares, and and we're getting the results on the on the pitch at the moment. And yeah, as Nicole just touched on as well, the guys want to play for him, you know. So. All power to Poyet. I just hope he keeps all of this up and we keep getting these results because he's really proven to be the right guy that we've been screaming for for a long time. Maybe he's something that that he that we needed injected in this team. Apple, your yeah. thoughts? Because you've you've got some things on JVS you clearly didn't like that you liked at first, but started to lose his way. But yeah. I'll be I'll be honest here. He, he did lay a couple of foundations. That is bleeding oh, yeah. some youngsters into the team. And trying to get their motivation up, but was, yeah, the, that clearly wasn't enough, was it? No, it wasn't. And it, it, he he did some good things, definitely. I mean, he if you think there weren't many coaches before JVS that gave youngsters a chance that coach Greece. I mean, it was it was really rare, especially for our national team. But um, I, I mean, I, I'm still surprised. But Poya. Um, he, I've read a really interesting article where he was talking about how in Uruguay it's really important for them. They learn how to win from the beginning. It doesn't matter who they play, and which is very similar to Greece because we are, we're always result-driven in Greece, and perhaps that's why our defenses are so rock-solid. But he also definitely is a hard worker too because, I mean, he already knew about Kurfalidis and players – you know, some of us never even heard of. I mean, he called him up and gave him, gave him a chance. But I think JBS, it was just mostly the mentality that was missing. I think he went into games almost like prepared and with the defense okay. But, it, you know, you, you didn't see, like, them going for, for the win a lot. I mean, he was more, you know, more worried about playing the right way and, and creating, and it just seemed odd sometimes. And this is where, this is another perfect segue here because we got a question here from Nico Capsalas at Nico Capsalas from Twitter, and he asks, "Should Poya experiment with completely different players and try to find a potential hidden gem, like you said, Apple, Kurfalidis, or stick to what he's been doing and go mainly for the win?" And then he says, "Obviously, I want the ethnic kid to go two out of two in September, but since we have the chance to experiment, why not, Christian?" You want to answer that? Yeah, look, I'd probably put the brakes on too much experimentation because it is actually important that we, whilst we've got the promotion to League B, and that's obviously fantastic, for the sake of, you know, getting a more favourable pot placing for Euro 2024 qualifying, we do apparently still need to win the last two games. So, and I think you mentioned Corvalidis there, Michael. I think, yeah, bring him into camp if he's getting, you know, the good minutes with Cagliari in Serie A, but you probably stick to your more experienced campaigners at this point, you know, like your Siopis, Corbelis, Burhalakis, Bacasetas, you know, the current crop we've got. But as I said, you know, integrate the young boys where you can, but you're better off going with the experience, I think, just for the moment. Because simply, simply saying here, why change something that's working? No, exactly, yeah. Yeah. 
Keep going. Not, not, yeah, but you know what? Not full on. As Christian said, not full on to the nth degree experiment. But I think we can yeah. get away with rotating a bit and still win the next two. Uh, my my, pro- my problem is will be the wingers because now Limnios is out. Who's going to be informed by then? Because it's only a short period of time that club football begins. I'm glad you mentioned that, Michael, because I think this is a perfect opportunity for Hatsugi Ovanis to really, you know, because he's a new signing for his new club in Turkey. This is a big chance for him to, yep. you know, because he's going to get every opportunity. You'd think domestically as a new signing, yep. whether it's at right wing, left wing, whatever. This is his big chance to really get his confidence up at the domestic mm-hmm. level and then hopefully transfer that to the ethnic year. I have, a, this- I have a few thoughts on this. Uh, for, for one, uh, Poet said uh, that one of his main goals is to find a core and work with that. So I think, I don't think you're going to see much of a change at all. I definitely don't think the back four in Blajo Demos is going anywhere. I think they're pretty much yeah. set in stone now. I mean, I don't even see Manolas or Socrates ever coming back at this point. I think people should give that one up. And, and then uh, I, I see him doing exactly what he's been doing. I mean, he's kind of already eased players in, if you think about it. Alexandropoulos came on a little bit. Um, you know, he's, he'll probably add on more. I mean, he said... Kurfalivis is, you know, he's going to be a key player for Greece in the future. He actually said that in, a, in an interview. So you might see him more and more. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, people might not be high on the youngsters we have, but, like, you know, Kutsupias and Kurfalivis both have been playing in Syria, you know, in, in the youth teams and in, you know, cup matches in Italy and Serie B. And, yeah. you know, they're decent players. I mean, Kutsupias was one of the few players that started in the match that played well in the under-21 game against Portugal the other day. Like, he made runs, had a few shots, you know, made, made good tackles. He, he's a player that could come out of nowhere. And I think definitely on the wingers, this Jolis is the main one we, we're hoping finds a team and starts playing again because he definitely has a potential, especially in Poyet's system, to score some goals. So, we'll, we'll yep. see. Well, last we heard... Club Bruges was in talks with Norwich City for a potential loan deal with an obligation to buy. So we'll see how that goes. I've heard nothing since then, since since the international break started. We'll see how it goes in the offseason. Maybe talks are still ongoing. Um, and a few few other few other Greeks abroad have made interesting moves. And one of them is Barkas. He's gone to Utrecht on loan from Celtic. With Duvikas. With Duvikas, the same team. So we'll see how he goes there, because I think he's still a good goalkeeper. I think he's just lost his confidence with that Celtic move. I don't think it was the right right one at the end, and he should try and get the hell out of there as soon as he can. Clearly, Postacoglu doesn't favour him. Um, and Barkas, he's, he's in a familiar environment anyway, because I think he's part Dutch. Correct. He's born in oh, Netherlands. I think. He might even be half Dutch or he's born there, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's one of the two. And he, I think he's familiar with that environment. So I think he has no problem fitting in there. Um, good luck to him. And I, hopefully he makes um, his way back in the ethnic gear squad because I don't want to see the others there again. Or Paskalakis. Yeah, I don't want to see them again. The, the, three, names, the three names I want to see is Vlachodimos, Barkas and Athanasiadis. If he does start for Ajax next season. That's I completely agree. Saying. I think I think Barkas will take off in Holland for reasons you guys mentioned, and because I I think he just had bad luck because every time he played for Celtic, their defense was just a horror show. I mean, they got better as the season went on, but early in the year they were horrible, and he was getting blamed for everything. Yeah. I thought that was kind of unfair. He's actually going to be teammates with Duvikas too, which is kind of cool. Mm. They'll both be on the same team at Utrecht. So, and then um, 
like uh, thing, like uh, Pavlidis and Hadzidiakos, also in the Netherlands, being teammates. Yeah. And and then another player on the wing that I, I could see like coming out of nowhere is Kutsius because he's linked to a couple of teams in Belgium and Holland. And I don't see him staying at Pau because Luchescu is going to stay there. And he's a guy, I'm telling you guys, he's super talented. He could come out of nowhere. And, and Poyet doesn't seem to mind calling up young players. You might not play them right away, but they'll get their chances for sure if they're good enough. Yeah. Just back on Barkas just for a minute. I think like with Hatsugi Ovanis at a new club, it's not often that goalkeepers that are signed somewhere go, even if it's on loan, just to sit on the pine. So I think, like with Hatsugi Ovanis, he's going to be given at least early, you know, every opportunity to impress in Holland. And, you know, I'm hopeful too that he could get back up, you know, into the ethnic or mother calculations for sure. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, we got to, we got to touch on the final goal for Mandalos before we close up this game. Have we ever seen anything like that no. during our time watching <laughs> Ethniki? No. I don't think we've ever done that. The last I don't time think we celebrated a goal like that as well for a while, I went absolutely ballistic. Oh, so yeah, did you I. And me, yeah, you and me both, Nicole. <laughs> so <laughs> do I. That was nuts. Man, I was downstairs. My poor Yaya was sleeping. I went off. <laughs> Not even on a, it was a public holiday. Was it a public holiday up there for you? No. Ah, so we had a public holiday. Yeah, yeah we, did. we did too. Lucky for you yeah. guys. Well, this is stupid Queensland anyway, so we don't go by the rules. It was Queen's birthday, by the way, if anyone doesn't know. <laughs> we don't have public does, holidays in my state. <laughs> That's what does, that, does, that, does that Alexandropoulos get an assist for booting it up the field? Or is it just like <laughs> I think he did officially, yeah. Strangely really? enough. It, did it? it did look like the Kosovan defender got Got to it before Mandalos did, but I did say I think Alexandropoulos got credited with that officially as well. Oh, so, oh good wow. on him. <laughs> it's us, I know, but yeah. The, the assist, the assist of the year, the assist of the year. Give, give him the award now. <laughs> I tell you what, something similar. If we go back when the Ethniki visited Australia, and they played against the yeah. Socceroos. Manyatis. Manyatis goal. Yeah. That's something. That's something. Um, we we've done, but yeah, in an empty net, caught out the caught out the keeper. But this is something different. This is about something that secured promotion to League B of the Nations League after three attempts up against. We we played in front of full crowd in Volos, and huge respect to them. What about the celebrations? Both goals. Both goals. Both goals. Huge respect to the fans. The flares flares and the the fans going crazy. The players, the second goal, the players running on. And did you see, again, going back to the coach, did you see what he said to their captain when they were with the stoppage? (laughs) Poya. How good was it? How good was that? You know, you know, Poya said in the press conference, if he has a problem, he can come talk to me. Because I'm an old school coach. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And and good on him. Like, he has nothing to say, Poya. I think that was the Kosovan media that asked him that that was yes, there. It was a Kosovan journalist, yeah. Kosovan journalist, and once he answered that, that was the end of the press conference. There was yeah. no more questions after that. <laughs> Only went for like five minutes. That was it. That was it. I think that's the shortest press conference I've ever seen. And good on him. That's one way to end it. Of securing promotion to League but B. We're now two games away from Euro twenty twenty four. Euro twenty right? no, we've already got we the pl- a, uh, we've already got the playoff. playoff. So we've yeah, already the got playoff. the playoff. So if no we matter win- what happens in the group, 
No matter what happens in the group. That's right. But if we win the next two games, as Christian's mentioned before, we can go up a we can we go up in a pot pot C to get an easier group. Get an easier group. Yeah. And let's just hope for that too, because I don't want the ethnic EB dragging along or walking on the pitch. I want them to play it like they did in these four games. I think we all want. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't. don't want to sort of rely so so solely on that playoff spot, you know, of being course. secured because of the Nations League, as you mentioned, Nicole, you really still, you do want, you know, to have the most advantageous position in the actual qualifiers themselves. So yeah. it's really yeah. important, I think, that we still it's, get those two wins. It's two bites at the cherry now, that's all. We, we've got to go, yeah, all, all guns blazing for automatic uh, qualification. Yeah. And th- this was all this that we've said now. This this is answered Nicoli at Nick Kalithakis on Twitter. This has pretty much answered your question. What changes would you like to see in the remaining last two games of September? So we've pretty much said it all, us uh, boys here. But another question here is, it's by Nick. And you know him, Nicol. He's our good friend at RedV11. Oh, yeah. He asks, and it's about Siopis, what have you guys' thoughts about Siopis' performances over the last few games? Personally, I think he's an underrated player for the ethnic E. Oh, I don't yes. think he's underrated. I don't think he's underrated anymore. I think we all rate him now. Mm-hmm. Underrated uh, maybe before this, but now he's definitely rated. First name in the lineup? Yeah. Yep. For, look, this actually ties into what I, I had a question for the for you guys. Who would your men of the match have been in, in the, the Cyprus and Kosovo games? Because I would have given Linos men of the match against Cyprus and against Kosovo, for me, it's the obvious. He was everywhere again. I would have done the same too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same. But um, I'll give credit also to Hadzidiakos, all these games as well. Well, not against Cyprus because he had... Mavropanos was good against Kosovo. Mavropanos. um, But Mavropanos though against Kosovo, there was one moment that he almost gave away a penalty and we were lucky. Absolutely lucky. I tell you what, you know what was ironic about... The second half one, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what was ironic about that. Yeah. What was yeah. ironic about that, Michael, was actually Siopis played the dodgy back pass that <laughs> let Marishi in for yeah. that, you know, near miss, thankfully. I think um, Mavropanos did get the ball, you know, very slightly. There wasn't, you know, he just got there in time. Slightest yeah. of touches, but yeah. it was a heart-stopping moment for me. I'm like, oh, you better not give that a penalty, ref. And thankfully, he pointed to, he thankfully gave a goal kick, but I, I was my heart was beating if he gave that penalty. It was racing, and I'm like... Yeah. Just stop now. Just calm down, Michael. It, it's a goal kick. <laughs> um, my heart was in my mouth too. And yeah. you, you touched on, you know, man of the matches for the, the Cyprus and Kosovo games. Just tough. Like, because we did have, you know, so many solid contributors. I think as well as Livnios for the Cyprus game, Bakasetas does deserve, you know, some huge plaudits, you know, just for the wonderful goal and for setting up Pavlidis for the second, being involved in the third. You know, he was just about unstoppable. And of course, as we've touched on, the impact Mantelos had off the bench against Kosovo was just so, so valuable. Like, uh, in my view, we, we don't win that game if he doesn't feature at all. So, I think especially with, with the midfielders we have, like, uh, that, that play at least, like Buhalakis, Kurbelis, you need Siopis in there. I mean, especially with Buhalakis in there. Like he, those guys cannot, you know, track back and cover the ground. I mean, it's, it's great as, you know, Kerbelli says too. They're just—he's coming back from an injury. Buhalakis is just, you know, unfortunately pretty slow. For what but I've noticed, he, this is with the midfield trio. Poya likes the 
I wouldn't would you say a warrior type, but he wants a physical presence in that midfield. Bakasetas is pretty pretty physical if he's defending from the ball. He knows how to hold up. Bukalakis is a pretty tall guy, and he's pretty hard to handle, but can easily give the ball away. But then you have Siopis giving them cover, and that's the great thing about it. And we've gone from this midfield yeah. since the Romania friendly, where we won 1-0. But yeah, that, I like it. Sorry, Michael. This, yeah. this is what I'm liking about it. And this this comes to our first point when we first started this uh, episode. It doesn't matter who's in the lineup. We just want results and put in a performance. This, this oh, is what I'm talking about here. And that's what's killed killed in the other two major talking points was the JVS here was Bacasetas. Why is he in there? And the second one was, uh, as Dolly said, the Socrates and Manolas uh, returns. They've well and truly been put to bed now. But yeah. you you look at the back line especially, the, our, our wins essentially have been built from there with the clean sheets. We uh, Overall, relatively solid. Yeah. But they're all at good ages and they play at good levels for good clubs. We're talking Benfica. He's massively underrated, by the way. Vlahodimos. I'm, not by us. I'm saying in world football. Bulldog, Sheffield United, Simikas, Liverpool. Then you got the centre half Stuttgart and AZ Alkma. Yeah. yeah how, another thing, is, have we not touched on George Baldock yet? Oh, Baldock. He's made his water. Mate, yeah. Like the best right back we've had for a long time. We've been screaming for it. This. Yeah. It, it, we've been screaming for someone to really, a quality right back to fill that void. And we finally got him. And it's paying dividends. It's a breath 100%. of fresh air. And yeah, next, absolutely. next season, I'm looking forward to it because. Manoli Salakas is now in the second division in Germany. And we say second division in Germany, but I still think it's a competitive league. No, I'm like, sure. And all it, and all of a sudden, this right-back depth has just come out of nowhere. You know, yeah. There's Salakas, as you said, you know, Baldock, Lazaro Frota, Liracis Atauk, Kotsiras, yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention, Liracis had a horrible match against Cyprus. But generally, he's been he's been really good in, in the under twenty one game. But generally, he's been really good all year. He was one of Pauk's best players in the second half of the season. Yeah. And then you have Vaganidis at Panathinaikos, who I think is a huge talent. He's just been unlucky. He's made some bad career decisions. But I think he's a player that could come out of nowhere and might even start for Panathinaikos eventually if he gets a chance. Now that you mentioned him, Apo, I was reading a report by I think it was Nikola Yanis. Jonathan Aikos reporter on Sport FM that he's saying that Jovanovic, Jovanovic plans to use him next season either right wing or right back and th- this is of course with Sanchez potentially staying he's still going to use Vayanidis well, yeah, he, well, he, yeah he used them he used them in the in the Aris match um, in the in the in the playoffs recently, he he had him at he played him at right wing. He didn't play him at right back, which I was surprised about. When well, we had a really short, short squad that game. Here's the thing, Apple. But, uh, Remember, Yorgos Donis was the one that gave him his debut at right wing, and he scored. And he scored against Panathinaikos. Then he made that stupid move. A stupid yeah. move to Inter Milan didn't work out. Apparently, Conte liked him. All that bullshit. I think. Yeah, whatever. That loan move didn't work out to Belgium. Had Kevin Musker didn't use him. Neither did that uh, his successor. Apparently, the technical director came out in an interview on Gazeta and said that he was injured. I don't know what to believe, to be honest, from that time there. At least the main problem, he got main released. Problem, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. The main problem is he, he just wasn't physically ready to go play in a big league. I mean, 
but you could tell playing in the second division in Greece probably made a big difference because they're, they're, they don't, I mean, they kick people all the time in the yeah. second division in Greece. So I'm well, sure he's, he's we'll see how it goes. Cause quite a few youngsters from not only, not only Panathinaikos B, Ike B, Olympiakos B, Balk B. We've got some Greeks there that are talents and they can make a difference for the ethnic in the future. And we can, uh-huh. na- we can name them. And there's a list of them too. Um, but yeah, Vianid is a potential future right back, right winger. Either way, I think he can do both. But I want to close out with one more question. We brought him. We brought him up again. Bakasetas. This is to Christian. What has been the reason behind Bakasetas' recent amazing performances? And this is by Nico.Celtics at Nicoleon on Twitter. Christian, what do you think? Well, I don't think it's down to um, a positional shift or anything like that because like JVS did, Poyet is continuing to play him in that central attacking midfield role. But I guess it's just a matter... I'll link it back to that Northern Ireland game you know, that opened this campaign where, you know, got fed the ball by Limnios, a beautiful strike with his non-preferred foot as well, you know, straight to the bottom corner. And I think from there, he's just, you know... I think it's a confidence thing. Like, he scored that one goal and... He was just able to blossom from there. So, yeah, just a big up uptick in confidence would be how I'd answer that. That's what it's seeming like to me. Yeah. And as I say, you know, it's not just his on-field ability that sort of transferred to, you know, leadership probably went up tenfold as well. You know, as I said before, the boys seemingly, whatever he does, they follow him. So, yeah, it's all to do with confidence, I think, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. He always had that in his locker, though. Even back from the Panyonios days, get, scoring goals from those sort of positions, he's got a wand of a left foot. Yeah. Apple? Yeah, I mean, it, if he's on form, he, he could definitely make a difference. I just, I, I'm just, I just worry if he, if he could do that against really good teams, because so far we've seen it in Turkey, and and a couple of matches for us for Greece, but generally we haven't seen him at that top level yet. So it'll be interesting to see. First, if he stays in Turkey, yeah. and two, if, if he could keep it up, because that's the main key with him. But it's interesting that him and Siopis were both under Uzunidis, kind of found their way, and, and now they're like really like the key key players on our team. So yeah, I'll I'll add it into this as well. I think the problem was with Bakasetas under JVS, and this goes with answering the question. He was made the focal point, the focal. F- the main figure of the team and had to do pretty much everything. And then what I mean is he had to turn provider, turn score goals from a position that we didn't like seeing them there. Then that was the attack and midfield position. We wanted we were screwing for Fortunis when he was fit. But I think now with under Poye with this four three three, yes, another unfamiliar unfamiliar territory for Bacasetas, much more suited to a 4-2-3-1 with Bakasetas as a shadow striker. But I think under Poye, he has the support around him now. And we're being much more effective and much more uh, focused, much more clinical in the final third, as we've seen this campaign so far. Seven goals speaks for itself. That's all I've got to say. And Bakasetas has been a huge contributor to that. And he's been and he's been providing assists as well. He provided that one for Pavlidis against Cyprus. I think he's, I think he's changed his game 
or he's fitting into the system. And we couldn't under JVS. That's just my opinion. Um, another question here is by Louis the Greek. At Big Lou, it's asking, explain the next steps in this tournament. And it's talking about the Nations League. So basically, Louis, if you win the group of your respective league, you secure a playoff position, whether that's for the Euro or the World Cup. So we've already secured a playoff position for the Euro 2024. So no matter what we finish in our Euro 2024 qualifying group, we're in a playoff spot no matter what happens in our group. And of course, if you win the group of the Nations League, you get promoted in, you get promoted um, to League B or League A, no matter what league you're in. And if you finish bottom of your group of your league, you are relegated. It's as simple as that, Louis. And we go back to Nick or Celtics, because he's asked another question. Please tell me there'll be a next season for the podcast. I love it so much. Of course, we're going to be back. We will be back. This is just the last one for the season. We'll do something in the off-season with all transfer news. Balk, Olympiakos, Aris playing in Europe. And Panathinaikos, I haven't forgotten. Now you're going to leave the big one out. Of course, Panathinaikos, eight years they returned okay. to Europe. That's what I was going to say. How, how this season it ended like like gold, basically. Panathinaikos winning the cup and the ethnic year, securing you know promotion and a Euro playoff spot. Yeah, but nobody ever predicted that at the start, did they? No, nobody did. No, really. Uh, what an international break, though, right? Because uh, I mean, four four straight wins. Uh, I'm, there's some other good stuff too, like. Um, basically, we played in Bolos, and they were they were maxed out, sold out. At least the last game was sold out. The Cyprus game was pretty close to sold out. Yeah. Now, but Baldaku, uh, uh, who's who took over for Zagorakis as the Greek uh, pre- president of the Greek Fed- Football Federation, he was saying we're going to play more games, maybe even in Patra, maybe in uh, uh, one other city. He mentioned, uh, I'll think of it. Was it Iraqio? Um, yeah, I think it might have been Heraklion, mm-hmm. but we're gonna play. We're gonna play more games in, in the outside of Athens and Thessaloniki, which is a great sign because fans always turn out, and it, it's always been a big problem. And it, it makes a huge difference for the players too. I mean, you can't tell me, you know, hundred hundred fans in in Edoaka as opposed to a full stadium in Bolos doesn't make a difference. And Poet spoke about this too. Plus, on top of that, the players actually got a bonus, which is rare from a po. <laughs> Because it was in the news, it was in the news today. They actually got a bonus for qualifying because uh, Epo automatically get two million just for qualifying or making the playoffs. And now they're actually working on giving them a, a practice ground for the first time ever, and that's been in the works. You know, people have made mentions of it for like 20, 30 years, and nothing's happened. So, I mean, there's a lot of good signs that you know, even behind the scenes, that maybe this will continue. Hopefully, it will continue. So. Signs of hope. Oh, more than green shoots, yeah. If we keep this up, maybe we will we will um be rewarded with a new training ground and be and players being rewarded for their efforts for the for the national team. Let's just hope we keep going. We keep going strong. And, yeah, not and, a false one. It's been a, a horror one. eight years. Eight years, and especially the last few years. And um, yeah. 
what, what can we say? But this is a new era under Gus Poirier. And one final comment. This is coming from Instagram. Amaliada Connect. And he tells us, Bravo Bidya, well done. Love the podcast and what you do for us all abroad. Keep going. Mate, we're just a bunch of guys. All online and we all get together. And we do what we do best is talk Greek football. And this That's is, it. This and is then it. We're staying. We're staying. That is it. And thank you very much, boys, for joining me. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. Again, I was on hosting duties today. Um, George had to do some errands again. But he'll be back next season. Um, but there'll be a few changes here and there for Elas Football. We're not going anywhere. As <laughs> Keep going, Nico. It's got to be lighthearted. Light all the Greeks are in summer mode now. That's it. They're all in Mykonos, Sandorini, mm. wherever. Players, did you see? Pavlidis is Pavlidis, in yes. Pavlidis is there. He's enjoying his time. He's re-energizing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they, they need it and they deserve it. They deserve it, exactly. After securing promotion. Anyways... Thank you all for listening to this season's Elas Football Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been it's been a pleasure for me too, taking over hosting duties for the last two episodes. Thankfully I found the time for it. Because of work, it's given me some freedom. I'd like to thank Christian. This is your time. Your major debut on the final one of the season. Apo too, joining from Chicago in the morning, and Nico. It's always been a pleasure talking to you, always. Yeah, we always. love you. Always. So that's all, folks, and we will see you all next season. Bye-bye.